Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We are two months away from enriching weapons-grade uranium to be used for peaceful purposes. It is too round on the top. It needs to be pointy. Round is not scary. Pointy is scary. This will put a smile on the faces of the enemy. They will think that it is a huge robot's dildo flying towards them. Megan, you are worth every penny. You are super hot. Is my jet ready? Uh, yes, but do you want to stay the night? You know, I really want to do some cuddling. No, your time is up. $20 a day for internet? What the fuck? And they accuse me of being an international criminal? And all, and welcome back to another episode of the greatest podcast on planet Earth, Goats, the show where we aim to find the very best in every category that we can muster. As always, I'm joined in the virtual studio by Mork and Sebek. Hello to the both of you. But before we get into the niceties, I just want to quickly say that if you like our podcast and if you'd like to support it, then why don't you head on, on, head on down to our Instagram at the underscore goats underscore pod, or even just give us a cheeky little five-star review on your podcast listening platform of choice. And if you want to take it a little step further, we also have a Patreon. Right, now that's out of the way, how are we doing? Not too bad. Yeah, I'm all right. Very good, very cold. It's freezing, and I've got a blanket over me like an old woman. I've got a little heater underneath my desk very cold in my garage <laughs> you would have thought eh the wife's kicked you out who would have thought it wouldn't be fucking freezing in it yeah I need to get ventilation in there get some carpets or some shit yeah nah but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm good <laughs> I'm good Seb how are you alright mate um yeah just 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 life just life carries on the endless turning cogs of life just motor on and you know you either keep up or get crushed so yeah you've definitely got more boring though seb because I, I like i said last week i think i've been listening to some of the old episodes and like back in the day you were like every week you were like oh, i've got a fucking mad one today lads right basically yeah. this like this like german spy kidnapped me and like sent me to the moon and that and we were like whoa <laughs> but the thing is i think interesting you're, oh, i was happen. driving down the road the other day and a car was on a backflip whoa Something did happen this week, but I can't remember what it was. 
You guys went to some sort of cabin in the woods. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah that's Oh true. yeah, I did, did a that. fucking rope swing, that was sick. Oh yeah, I did make a rope swing, that was got sick. Got stuck in a tree, that was sick. Broke your phone, that was cool. Broke my phone, that was sick. Mm. Oh, um, did you? But something happened, there, definitely something weird happened. What I meant to tell you. While he thinks of anything interesting happened in your life? Yeah, I bought a bought a big big old TV. Got did a you? big old TV up there now, yeah, and nice. equipped with a brand new sound system. So Whoa. next time we're over, going to be entertainment through the max. How that's big is good. it? How are we talking? How many inches? I think it's forty nine inch. Oh, that's a good inch. It's big for me, <laughs> but probably not for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Vinny can handle was 49 inches that's an interesting size it normally goes up in multiples of 5 49 is a nah because no, isn't it normally like mine's like a yeah it mine's like a 49 or maybe a 59 I can't remember what what brand are we talking LG all nice they do good panels good they strong good brand panels. yeah I got it second hands for 40 quids because my friends nice. my friends were like well we, we don't want it because we bought a new TV and it, if you just swing us 40 quid you can take it home with you and i was like yes Sweet. please Fuck, yeah yeah it's like twice the size of the old tv it's fucking huge it's compared mad. to the old one <laughs> yeah that old one was small actually yeah me and luke's got a new telly recently got i got it from 50 um but it has like it's not quite oled it's called like local array dimming where like it's the black is is pretty much black it's not like perfectly black but if you like have a black screen if you turn it on and then set it to a black screen and put your hands over it like that and look at it it looks like it's not on like it's like there's no light coming off of it yeah yeah and it's just fucking insane we watched planet earth in 4k on it and it i felt like a caveman i was just (laughs) like what turn all the lights off yeah i was like freaking out like it just blew my mind (laughs) anyway that was that's nice cool should i get into it yeah. Let's talk about dick takers. Let's talk about dick takers. Yes, thank you. So, a ruler with total power over a country. Typically one who has obtained control by force. Now, that is the Oxford language's definition of a dictator. And as you all know, the vast, vast majority of people who have been labelled as dictators throughout the history, throughout our history... Pretty much objectively terrible people that did objectively <laughs> terrible things. I mean, the word is synonymous with tyrant yeah. for a good reason. But as you probably haven't, as you probably have noticed, this isn't a Wotes episode. We're not talking about the worst. We're not talking about the shit stuff. We're talking about the best stuff. This is good old classic Coke. This is classic goats. <laughs> so today... <laughs> We're going to shine a light on the people throughout history. Can you tell I wrote this light 10 minutes ago? So we're going to... So we're going to shine a light on the people throughout history who can be considered a dictator, but without all the really nasty, horrible connotations that normally come along with such a title. Now, I'm not going to lie, that list is pretty small. And you could quite easily make the argument that even the good ones did a lot of bad stuff, i.e., War, but bit of war. But what's wrong with a bit of war? But despite that, today we are going to look to crown who is the very greatest dictator of them all. Who stands upon the throne of uh, mangled corpses of uh, 
Robert Mugabe and Pol Pot and other such dictators. I pick Robert Mugabe. You can't pick Robert Mugabe. That's my (laughs) go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah. um, Greatest dictator. I want to hear it. I want to hear who wants to go first. I do. Mork's going first just by nature being fucking so fucking I'm fired up. I'm actually so happy for you to go first. Why? Okay, Sebek, you're going first now. No, don't. Now you're both unhappy. (laughs) Well, I was actually going to do a little bit here. Well, I fa- I like fa- I faked that I'd actually picked Sasha Baron Cohen's character from the movie The Dictator as the guy. I think his name's General Aladdin or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna do like this whole funny thing and all this stuff, but I when I was researching my actual pick, I thought actually, you know what? To to do that would just be completely disrespectful to the to the person I've picked. So. I just scrapped it because I wanted to be fully respectful to this geezer because he's a fucking beast. And the person that I've picked is is without a doubt one of the greatest historical figures of all time. Like, no question. Hmm. And I actually didn't really know fuck all about him, to be fair, before doing this. But damn, this this guy is nuts. Like, he is nuts. His life story is one of the craziest I've ever, ever known. And most great historical figures and rulers, especially, like, big rulers, are born from wealth, or they're given the right to rule by God, or it's been passed down to them by this and this and this and all this other crazy shit. But our story today actually starts off very differently, on a tiny, impoverished island called Corsica. And the year after Corsica was invaded by and became part of France. A petit boy was born. He was actually technically average height for the time, but a petit <laughs> boy was born, and his name is... Editor, put the fucking trumpets in here or something. Napoleon of Bonaparte. Is that right? Is that also the right pronunciation? Bonaparte. I think it is. I thought it was Bonaparte. Well, Napoleon is his name, though. That's all we need to know is his name's fucking Napoleon. (laughs) And I just want to say that before we really get into this, right? Don't crucify me if I get some of this shit wrong, okay? Because... Like, the story of this guy's fucking mad, and it's really deep, and it's, like, even debated to this day, like, a lot of the shit. Like, so, I- I've only just <laughs> found out about this shit, so if I do get things wrong, just fucking don't kill me, okay? <laughs> I'll try and do him justice. Um, so, yeah, Napoleon. He grew up in Corsica, um, which is, like, a shitty little island off the coast of Italy, and his mm. parents wanted the best for him. They were like, oh, well, we want our little, like, a little gremlin. We want him to be... You know, have the best life possible. So they shipped him off to military school in France. And he did pretty well at school, actually. But he would spend a lot of his time at school just alone. And reading about great conquerors and rulers like Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great. And he really admired them for their ambition and their ability to just rule single-handedly. And then he passed out of military school at age 16 and he became a second lieutenant which sounds good, 
sounds pretty high rank, but it's actually a junior officer and it's like the bottom of the ladder. And Napoleon wasn't satisfied with this. He was like, fuck this. I want more. I want to be the best. I want to, I've got, like, he just had so much, he was just full of shitloads of ambition. He wanted to rise the ranks of the army and just literally be in charge. But, despite his efforts, promotion wasn't, it was pretty hard to come by. Because all of the promotional, like, ranks and everything else were all given out based on, like, social social status. Like, who you knew, what, what nobility yeah. you came from, all this, despite any skills. So Napoleon was always rejected, even though he was a brilliant, you know, military mind. A lot of nepotism, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all like, oh, your father's like so-and-so, so you can be fucking general of this army. And That's. Like... But I feel like the majority of, like, European history, like, military European history is just, like, it is just all connections, pretty much. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely, just family, friends of family, friends of friends of family, stuff like that. And it was that. all like that in, like, the rulers, like, the monarchs, they're all, you know, that's how a monarchy runs, basically. Oh, you're the well, son of this guy, so you can rule. Monarchy's inherited, like, that's purely, purely supposed to be nepotism, but... Yeah, yeah. exactly, but luckily for Napoleon... All of this was about to change with the French Revolution, baby. Let's go. They all started kicking off and they were like, fuck this nepotism shit. Fuck the king. Like, let's get rid of all this shit. And I'm not really going to go into the French Revolution, although I think this might have been the first revolution. Or There's been, I I realise there's actually been like... There's been like 10 French revolutions in a show. Explain the French Revolution. I think that's quite important. No, I can't. It's his own whole thing. And like I said, there's been loads. Yeah, it was huge. It kickstarted loads of other revolutions. Yeah, the they basically wanted to stop all this shit, like stop all the nobility and just like make people equal and everything else. And Napoleon was like, oh shit, sweet. So he used this opportunity to rise the ranks of the army and he just started defending the revolution because he did quite like their ideas of equality and everything else. And he went and won some really significant battles for the army and eventually got promoted to general and he was given his own army as well to command. So that's pretty good going. Napoleon, he, he's sort of, things are going sweet. Start from nothing. Now he's a general. Start from nothing. He started on a shitty island in Corsica. Now he's a general with his own army. He's got his own army. Someone remix that into the Drake song. <laughs> Start from the bottom. Now we've got our own army. <laughs> Napoleon is the bottom true definition of started from the bottom. How, how the fuck did we get here, basically? But but anyway, right. French Revolution's going on, and there's a lot of big tensions in Europe at this point, right? And mm. France thought it would be a good, great idea to spread their revolutionary ideas and declare war on most of Europe, i.e., Austria, Prussia, Russia, Britain, basically every, fucking everybody. And this Great is idea. where Napoleon would get his first chance to lead his very own military campaign and start showing the signs of why he was probably, I can say almost definitely, the greatest military leader in history. Big claim. Okay. He's probably the greatest <laughs> military mind, like leader of an army in history. He's probably the greatest military mind in history. Didn't Alexander the Great conquer like most of the known worlds? I mean, he didn't conquer Asia. I guess, is that in the known world at that point if you're European? I don't know. Also, did he do it like leading from the front with his fucking sword out? I don't know. But anyway. I think he did. And before he was 32, I think, as well. Never mind. Anyway, anyway. anyway sorry, Carol. Anyway. <laughs> so, France was trying to knock Austria out of the war. 
So they sent their two main armies north to meet them head on. And then they sent Napoleon because he's like a little gremlin and they're a bit like, oh, whatever, Napoleon. You take your army south and just go through Italy. And they thought, oh, that'll just like, you know, carry on, whatever. However, they were struggling up in the north. And no one knew yet how much of a genius Napoleon was. While the armies in the north kept being pushed back by the Austrians, Napoleon rallied his his demoralised men with rousing speeches. He would get down in the actual mud himself, firing and aiming cannons by himself to show the guys what to do. And he would inspire them to lead almost suicidal charges on the enemy. Wow. He also created a signature tactical move here in this this campaign. No. He would split up his armies into smaller subsections, thus dividing his enemies and then conquering them one at a time and then regrouping. Divide and conquer. It was kind of this new idea of like splitting his guys up into smaller men and fighting mini battles. And so he had... He was very, very successful in this military campaign. He absolutely tore through Italy and Europe. He sent a shitload of money back to France, so they were fucking buzzing. And he Mm -hmm. single-handedly marched all the way through to Vienna and oversaw them. He forced them to sign a peace treaty. He oversaw the negotiations by himself, knocking Austria out of the war. And he had done all this, and he's only 28 years old. Mm. Which is pretty impressive. First campaign as well. Yeah, he returned to France an absolute fucking hero. Nobody knew he was going to do that. Like, they, they thought, oh, no, he'll just get on with whatever. And he turns out, he just, like, rings him up and it's like, boys, I've made them fucking surrender. And they're like, what? <laughs> so he goes back to France a hero. Everybody fucking loves him. Um, and he's great. But I'm going to have to skip a little bit of stuff just now, because mm-hmm. otherwise this will be really long. Yeah, I was about to say, you're halfway through, and he still isn't actually a dictator just yet. He's still a no, general, no. so... Well, that's right, I'm halfway through, <laughs> and I'm roughly halfway through my script. Okay, so okay, good. okay, cool. But he was basically sent out to Egypt, because the government was scared that he was getting too much praise, and they, he might try and overthrow them. And obviously, the revolution's going on and everything else. But, after a bit of a bad time in the desert, he returned to France, where... A politician came up to him and was like, hey, Napoleon, everyone fucking loves you. Everyone hates the government. Let's stage a coup. Like, what do you reckon, dude? I reckon you can fucking do it. So they did. (laughs) Then Napoleon and his army stormed into the government buildings and were like, right, you lot fuck off. I'm in charge now. And after some initial confusion, I think Napoleon's brother came in and was like, whoa, whoa, let's just calm this all down. Make Napoleon the ruler. And so did some fucking jiggery-pokery with some, like, signature documents and napoleon basically managed to sign himself as the sole ruler of france and he was known as the first consul so he now technically is a dictator as he now has gone from general in the army to first consul of france he he is actually the ruler of france so wait wait sorry step walk walk that walk sorry walk through that with me again so he how does he how does he get how does he basically become the leader of France like he signs some thing what he just stages a coup he sends stages he coup, sends his right. army into the government buildings okay kicks them all out says like right you lot fuck off him and this politician guy and another guy were like right we're going to write up a new constitution but napoleon wrote it really they were supposed to split the power three ways but because he like wrote it up he basically made himself sole leader and sole ruler of okay um 
France, and he was known as the first consul, and they were going to be the second and third consuls, but he basically consolidated all power to himself. Okay, okay, so he took it by force. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So he's the ruler now. Then there was another war in Europe, which was the second war that Napoleon was a part of, and it started when he was in Egypt because Austria and like all the other lads, these all these wars are called Wars of the Coalition because it was a coalition of armies like Austria and everyone else against France at the time. So yeah, they thought, oh, because Napoleon's fucked off to Egypt, let's like take our land back. So they were like fighting and doing everything else while Napoleon was in Egypt. But because he's a fucking rascal, he returned as a ruler and then was just like, right, fuck you, Zlot, I'm going to war. I'm the ruler of the whole country now. Let's go to war. So he fucked them up and he won the second war. <laughs> so, just sounds nice. like he obliterated everybody. <laughs> stormed into Vienna again, slapped the Austrian king around the face, said, don't fucking do, do this shit. <laughs> and now there's peace in Europe. Napoleon's like, gone to war for the second time, won, and now there's peace. And he's only 30. Hmm. Crazy. So obviously he's one of the greatest military leaders of all time. But now it's peacetime. Now it's peacetime. Could he lead France? Not just lead mm. an army, could he lead a country? Well, yeah, he did, actually. And he built on the ideas of the revolution, and he made France better. He improved their economy and banking systems, gave them centralised banking. He made equality a massive thing. He changed education to be based solely on like individual talent and skill and everything else, rather than fucking nepotism. Uh, he changed the infrastructure and he even brought back the church because he thought, oh, it'd be good if like, you know, all the poor people have got like the church to fall back on so they don't like overthrow me again. And like, he was quite big on religious freedom as well. He was very nice to the Jewish people, but only under like strict circumstance, like the church weren't allowed to have too much power and start saying gods were, uh, kings were down from God and all this other shit. Um, didn't he also regress uh, women's rights by a few decades as well? Wasn't that he did a little thing? bit, yeah. He took some... Yeah. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe bad. He took away <laughs> a little bit of women's rights, but he did make France way better in general. You just said he did a bit of equality. He did do a bit of equality. equality. What, what, what equality are we talking then? Well, he like took land from the rich people and like gave it to the poor people. Oh, like, like, cla- like classes. He made the class like system rather than like a pyramid, yeah. But then he was like, oh, you know... Like, I didn't get into all this stuff, but it was like, our oh, ladies, basically, like, technically your husband, like, owns you and shit like that, yeah. you know? But that was classic, <laughs> that was yeah. classic 1800 ideology, that was going to be there regardless. If he went, right, full-on, give women the vote and everything else, that would, that would have been even more impressive. That would have been, like, 200 years ahead of the time, but... But you didn't. You know, here we are. <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> can't be perfect. <laughs> no, I, 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 Napoleon did a lot of very good things for France. Yeah, but yeah, you, I think I feel like it's fair to mention the bad stuff he did. In, yeah, in yeah, that's that's the stuff. that's the one big criticism that's leveled at him when he sort of started yeah. making laws and shit. He is a very like he's the definition of impressive, isn't he? He's a very impressive man. Mm. Oh yeah, like he's fucking. If he could do anything, if he if he decided to fly to the moon in eighteen fifty in like eighteen oh five, he'd have he'd have done it. Like anything he said, he was like, I'm going to do this. He just did it. He was like mad at that. Also, that, sorry, sorry to bring it back again, but that whole, he invented divide, the, the dividing into smaller groups and then doing sort of one on ones. Well, I don't know if he, he probably didn't actually invent it, but at the time, military tactics at the time, that was a new thing. But like how, you know, military tactics have been going for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. The Romans could have done that, but then that, 
technique's been lost to time. But at the time of right. war within Europe like that, people weren't doing that. He was splitting up into little groups and having so much success by doing doing that kind of stuff. Basically, some guy in Vienna would be just sat there talking to his mates and then thing would just go, Ba-dung! and he'd say, like, 1v1 me on Rust, lol. You'd one v one everyone in the Austrian kingdom just (laughs) (laughs) on rust. The Berlin would batter him. He's fucking hard. Can you imagine? You're sat there. You think you're the big shit, and then you get a message from Napoleon that just says rust snipers only. Yeah, (laughs) you would be like, do you would not accept that invitation to snipers only, Napoleon? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so he's (laughs) he sorted France out, and he officially declared the revolution finished saying i am the revolution and the new france was born however at this time things did start to get a little bit tense because there were some assassination attempts against napoleon and so he realized look i can't really rule properly just being the first consul like what does the first consul mean france needs to become more powerful it needs to become an empire and i napoleon need to be the emperor so he just did make himself emperor. <laughs> and he, he basically he got the Pope in. He had a special ceremony in Notre Dame. And like normally in these things, like the Pope's supposed to like put the crown on you and crown you as the emperor. But this was Napoleon's biggest dick swinging moment of his life. Instead of having the Pope put the crown on Napoleon, Napoleon stood up himself and put the crown on himself officially. <laughs> Making himself the emperor. That is fucking <laughs> sick, fam. That, that is, is so cool. cool. It's like it's like so unbelievably arrogant, but at the same time, kind of really cool. To do it in front of the Pope as well, like, fuck you, I'm doing this. He's I'm like, bigger than off. you. I'm Boom. bigger than religion. I'm bigger than Jesus. Yeah. Like, he's already gone in and declared himself ruler. Now he's just like, you know what? I'm the fucking emperor, son. <laughs> now he just <laughs> is the emperor. Um, so, yeah, he's the emperor now. Uh, which is mad. Oh, and he's only 35. He's gone from some... At 35 years old, he's gone from some random kid born on an island to the Emperor of France. Crazy. Now, the rest of Europe, and especially Britain, they didn't like this one bit, because they were like, Napoleon's a fucking menace. He's been warring for, like, a decade. He's been kicking the shit out of everyone. Now he's the Emperor of France. What the fuck? How? Who is this guy? And so... Napoleon went to war again, <laughs> and <laughs> he was just like, oh, I don't like it, war. And so with his incredible military tactics and leading from the front, even though he's the emperor, he's still at the front on his horse with a sword in, you know, in the battlefield, he uh, he won, he wiped the floor with Europe th- for a third time. Um, he invented the corpse system into the French army by splitting the entire army into smaller subsections, different corps, which is something the oh. British army has now the rifles wow. corps, the artillery corps, and gave each different corps its own subsection of artillery and riflemen and everything else. Um, that way they could like move faster. They could get through the ground really, really quickly and they could fight on more fronts and they could ultimately just take over. Um, he obviously went into Austria and he gave them another spanking and he made the Austrian king promise never to fuck with him again on this this time he's like never go to war with me again i'll do you i'll i'll do you for mate if you do um so yeah it was mad and the french empire was just taking over a huge amount of land in europe and napoleon's just won his third war against the coalition now over the next decade 
there would be three or four more major coalition wars because it would constantly be a little bit of peace and then Britain and Austria get together and they're like, we've got to stop Napoleon. And he'd be like, right, fuck you, Zot, and go to war. And he won them all, pretty much. The Peninsula War went a little bit bad, but we'll, we'll talk about that later maybe. But all the wars of the... He just started smashing the shit out of everybody. He's been warring for decades and decades. Isn't that where they committed loads of like a... Is, it, is, it, is that the Peninsula War where they committed loads of atrocities? Because it was basically like a very early version of guerrilla warfare, like where yes. the enemy would be hiding amongst like the the villages and whatnot. So people, yeah, that's why the he French were like, I don't... It was within Spain, yeah, 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 within Spain and Portugal. But we'll get onto that because he starts smashing all these guys. But what he's really doing is he's pissing off the rest of Europe really, really badly. And so much so that when the Sixth Coalition came around, everyone banded together to stop this one dude. Prussia joined with Austria, Sweden, Russia, Great Britain, Spain, and Portugal. Um, He had turned some of his allies against him, particularly Spain, with the uh, Peninsula War, because he basically walked in there and went, right, I know we're mates, but we own you now. Oh, and by the way, my brother's officially the king now. Like, not your king. Like, it's going to be my brother, so fuck you guys. And they didn't really like it. Revolution, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But it just shows how big fucking Napoleon's dick is just to go in and be like, my brother's the king now. You suck fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the combined armies of Europe... I might need a few more minutes. The combined armies of Europe gave it one more go. They were like, right, we can finally stop Napoleon. And this time they had a brilliant new tactic. They were going to run away. See, Napoleon was so good at war, he won virtually every single battle he felt. The enemies knew that the only way to beat him was just to run away. And by running away, Napoleon's army would spread thinner and thinner and thinner. And then they could turn back around and try their best to attack him from multiple fronts. And it did actually work. After years of fighting and lots of Napoleon victories, eventually the coalition did manage to push him back when he invaded Russia. And they actually managed to storm into France and they forced Napoleon to abdicate because he knew his time was up. They took over Paris and he was basically fucked. And they reinstated the old king's brother to be the king of France, and they sent Napoleon away in exile to the small island of Elba. And that was it. He was no longer emperor of France. He was emperor of this shitty little island. And he was bored of that because this island sucked. He did improve their infrastructure and all the great stuff he did in France over there. But he was like, this fucking sucks. And ruined women's rights while he's at it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) To like the 20 women who live on this tiny island. (laughs) Yeah. But he was really bored over there. And Mm. so one day he was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't need to do this. I'm Napoleon. He got on a boat and he sailed back to France. And he sailed (laughs) back to France with the intention of storming into Paris and taking back what was rightfully his. Mm. The emperorship. And... The king heard about this, and he was like, fuck it, now Napoleon's back. The guy's like, yeah, yeah, he's coming. And he's like, well, I've got lo- like shitloads of men. Send them to arrest them. So he sent thousands of men to go and arrest Napoleon. But when they saw Napoleon, they were like, yo, what's up, car? Like, fuck the king. Yo, Napoleon, we're going to join you. And they even apparently threw him up in the air, chanting, long live the emperor. And they turned onto Napoleon's side. The guys that were sent to arrest him turned to Napoleon's side. Now Napoleon's got his own army and starts fucking storming to Paris. 
I mean, to be fair, I mean, fucking why wouldn't you do that at that point? Ball's Berlin's... so big on this man. He's just like a legend. Yeah. He's like a walking supervillain. And um, so the king fled. He was like, fuck this. He moved to Belgium. And Napoleon just walked straight into Paris and went, I am back. And that was it. <laughs> He's done. He's back again. Um, so the rest of Europe thinks, right, he's gone. Then they hear that he's back and they are fuming. They are fucking fuming that Napoleon's back. They literally just got rid of him. So they declared another war. But not on France. They declared war on just Napoleon himself. They didn't give a shit about France. They just wanted this bloke gone. So they started fighting and the Allies, obviously, just straight away, like, well, like, right, we've got to invade France. But Napoleon wasn't going down that easy, despite not being in charge for very long. He met the British and the Prussian forces fucking head on in the north at the famous Battle of Waterloo. And he was very, very narrowly defeated. Luck played a big part on it. There's a lot of debate about whether he could have won that battle. Had he won that battle, he'd probably still be fucking ruling now. But Wasn't it um, like a brilliant... A big debate. Wasn't there like a, just a brilliant sort of play by the British generals, right? Yeah, the British had some really good tactics. They dug in. They had to basically dig in for long enough for Prussia to join back the fight because Napoleon had pushed Prussia back and the British had to dig in for long enough for that. When they came back in, they could combine and beat him. So, mm. yeah, it was a good good uh, fight from the British, but he was narrowly defeated. His only defeat, by the way. Ever. Right? Is that right? Waterloo was his only defeat, or was that another one? I think he lost a couple of little... Well, he, he failed to invade... Probably his, his only proper big defeat. Like, he failed to invade a lot of places, and he did kind of surrender in the first bit. But I guess maybe his only big defeat. Lose. How many battles did Napoleon lose? Oh, he lost seven. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know where I got just the one. Maybe it was Seven out of, like, 80-something, isn't it? 60. 60, right. Fuck Pretty fucking yeah. good. By himself <laughs> as well. Like, he's off the yeah, exactly. Um, but it was over. He was done. Napoleon's actually fully done at this point. He's been captured and Britain are like, right, we've got to make sure this never, ever, ever happens again. And so like a Bond villain, they put him on an island, another one. But this time, not an island near Europe. They put him on a tiny island called St. Helena, which is like thousands of miles off the coast of Africa. And to make sure he didn't fucking escape this time, they stationed 2,000 armed guards on the island and also had military naval ships circling the island 24-7 so that he couldn't get out. And That's wild. Yeah, yeah, so at the age of 46, it's over. He's gone from nothing to Emperor of France to nothing to Emperor of France again. Back to nothing. Napoleon was finished. And it took the combined efforts of basically every single major power in Europe to deal with this one kid who's just started from the bottom. Now we Napoleon died a few years later in at the age of 51, probably because he was just going mad with boredom on this shitty little island. Did he get syphilis? Insane. He had stomach cancer. Stomach cancer, yeah. Yeah. Um, people think that the British sped up his death by like not feeding him properly and stuff like that. He did live in, like, pretty squalid conditions. Yeah, he lived yeah, in this shitty little wooden hut. I mean, like really? I said, he, he, was, he was like a Bond villain. They put him in, like, a prison island. He was such a terror. They knew if he gets out, he's going to take over Europe again. He's so good. What's the prison from fucking Harry Potter called? Azkaban. Azkaban. It's Azkaban. basically Azkaban, yeah. What I think is so funny is the fact that, well, they could have just killed him. Like, they could have just executed yeah. him. Yeah. But they didn't. They can't. 
But why? But then why it's didn't also they? That thing of like he's probably more powerful dead. Like if he dies, then he's suddenly loads of people he's like, a rally to his cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think they yeah they shouldn't have killed him. They did I the was right always, thing. I remember. I think it was my dad because I remember asking my dad why didn't the British or whoever kill him when they had the chance, and he said that the British generals just had such a deep respect for Napoleon. They were like, we're not going to kill him. We'll just let him live out the rest of his days ever elsewhere. Yeah, loads of them learnt their military tactics from Napoleon during all those wars of the coalition, which mm. Napoleon may have been his own downfall because his tactics were so good that his enemies started to learn them and then use them kind of against him in a way. Mm. Um, but when he died, the British buried him inside a tin coffin, inside a mahogany coffin, inside a lead coffin, inside another mahogany coffin, just in case he tried to escape again, even in death. They were fucking terrified of Napoleon. And I know this was really, really long, but Napoleon really is one of the greatest historical figures of all time, and he deserves he deserves the time on him. He's probably the greatest military tactician ever, certainly in modern history, maybe back thousands of years, but certainly in modern history he's the greatest military tactician. His tactics are still studied in schools today, despite basically being irrelevant. He won almost every single battle he fought, and he led straight from the front in the fucking mud with the boys. He changed Europe and France forever. He was a great governor and ruler with brand new diplomatic ideas. And all in this tiny, tiny space of time from humble beginnings. And the only way they could take him out was if every superpower in Europe went in for one bloke. Mm. Napoleon is the fucking goat, son. You went a little bit over there. Very yeah. much, very over, I will say. But I know, but I, I couldn't genuinely. Like, I skipped, I like, like seven fucking wars. Like, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, like, I had to skip a lot of wars. Of, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like Napoleon a lot, so I, I'm very happy listening to you talk about Napoleon. What I really like about, like, it, so whenever you go to France, you can still see the remnants of Napoleon. I mean, obviously, that you know, like you said, he... Was it like centralized the centralized banking and stuff? Centralized yeah. banking and stuff, and obviously that's huge. But the physical thing you can see, like pretty much, I think maybe everywhere in France, more or less, is the fact that he planted trees next to all of the major roads, so that his soldiers marching through would have shade in the summer. And ah, right. you can still see it to this day that it's just all the roads in France, all the big roads in France, have trees on the side, and it's because of Napoleon. Yeah, well, I mean, I was reading a thing where it was like, it was saying, there was an article saying, like, does France still have a Napoleon complex? Like, do they still consider him, like, their god? Didn't he consider himself god as well at one point? Like, yeah. Yeah, he is just one bloke who basically ruled over Europe just by himself. I think it's just, it's it's ridiculous. Like, other dictators, you've got, like, people like Hitler and stuff like that, but they, they didn't really have... I don't know, they didn't have that aura, like, listening about Napoleon now. He's just, he really is an emperor, like, and such a fucking, did loads of good stuff, but such a menace just for all the incredible warring he did. And it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't doing, it wasn't bad warring, it was just warring off the time. Everyone warred all the time in, like, the 1700s, 1800s. The Europeans love, love a war back in those they days. They just loved there was, having there was wars. There so many Any wars. Squabble, they're just like, fuck it, war. Like, <laughs> it was, war, like, not yeah. a big deal. So much war. It does... It makes you think like we we're at a time where it feels like we either at a point where no one like that will come again because we're so connected and like it's much more difficult to like 
convince people of your like absolute authority mm. but at the same time with social media and people's ability to like make a brand i know that sounds mad but he is like a brand like that's how he he did his yeah. thing like he, he he had like a cult of personality he was like more than himself. he was a master of propaganda as well yeah like, like he published it, his own newspapers like when he came back from egypt it was a little bit of a failure but he just published all these newspapers say he was fucking brilliant and had all these paintings done and everyone was like oh napoleon's fucking sick wow <laughs> and like it makes you wonder like is there another one around the corner like i know some nah, people would say that oh never. trump came in as like such a populist and all that but like there's yet we we haven't had like a western dictator in the last like what 100 years well just well, under 100 years we haven't had a lot of conflict in europe for the past 100 years true. ever since no, world war yeah. Two, people have sort of been a bit more chill you know actually when did mussolini world war Two? yeah oh, no, who was the guy who, who was the guy in spain um oh he never i don't think he he kind of carried on being a dictator for quite a while until like the 60s or yeah. 70s i think oh yeah franco franco yeah franco oh, i tell a lie actually it's been it's not been that long. but still like not like like you were saying not to napoleon's that we'll never see another napoleon there's never going to be some bloke from a random island rise up and just conquer europe by himself and also like in he his ability to convince people he is god tier at everything and was very good at, at a lot of things is very all-encompassing like i think we have people like it's a really weird analogy i'm just going to say it. if it doesn't work we'll cut it but kanye is oh, i knew you were going to say kanye <laughs> no no no, oh, no you can't no. compare napoleon oh, to kanye no, no, because let's compare he... trump to napoleon just a second ago so but, no no because he told people he was great he was good, very good it. at one thing he was very very good at one thing and then said he was great at everything for so long that people... St- and it didn't work because in the end he went mental and everyone realised. But there was about five years where people were like, maybe anything that this man touches will be gold. Like, if he starts a shoe, if he fucking makes a fashion brand, if he releases an album, if he fucking makes a film, if he writes a book, if he writes a play, it will be creatively perfect. But that's in one specific aspect of like just being creative and even then that fell apart immediately because people just saw straight through it i think napoleon's the opposite though he genuinely was fucking insane at everything that's why his success is actually the opposite reason like he was so good at war and he was such a brilliant military tactician that any squabble he had he just went out and won but that's what i mean but he was good at war but he wasn't actually was he like and that's the difficulty thing is like you know that's the difficult thing is like the people in power write the history books. Like you just said, he came back from um, Egypt and said it was he was fucking sick at everything. Like it's difficult. But that to is really a skill. Know, to, like, like the proper, how... like, yeah, the propaganda is a bit of a skill though in those small exactly. bits. But as a ruler, like everyone in France fucking loved him for the most part. And when they didn't but love exactly, him, but was he that just, just squashed propaganda? it out by doing? you know policies and declaring himself the emperor and all this kind of stuff. And it shows that like when he came back from the first island everyone was like yes napoleon's back like Mm. fucking get in like everyone was buzzing because they were like fuck the king we don't like we had a revolution for a reason and it was as if it never happened napoleon comes back and he's like i'm back bitches if you can if you compare that to like mussolini like the way he went out was the italians found him and they did some horrific things to him yeah, and his they like, did not wife like and stuff. Like they, do you know what they did? They, I think it was they hung up him and some of his like generals in Rome, and just like 
upside down and would just like people would just go by and just beat the shit out of his i mean he was dead at this point dead body yeah yeah and his his there's pictures of his body and it's fucking mutilated because mm. it's just and people were loving it because they fucking hated Mussolini. Yeah, at that point. well, Napoleon's still revered now. Like he's still considered one of the greatest people to have ever lived now. Like that, his coffin is in this big thing in France. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, like, this it's big, big dome. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, people, you know, his face is fucking everywhere. Like he reminds me a lot of like a French Genghis Khan. You know what I mean? Like he yeah, came, suppose, he saw, yeah. he he fucking conquered a lot, and was very very good to his people, and mm. then, and still in a lot of ways is revered today. I mean, Genghis Khan, I, I believe, is I think you probably went on to this when you were talking about it, Sebek. Oh yeah, the Mongolians fucking love Mongolians him. fucking love him. Yeah, it's the same as I would imagine the biggest a French... statue in the world. I told you about it before. Yeah, it's fucking enormous. Yeah, I imagine the French like the biggest thing you've ever fucking still seen. Still love Napoleon, and honestly, I love Napoleon. So I, I fair enough. Yeah, nothing before enough. researching. Right, him, I thought it was a bit of a meme. I thought it was like, oh, Napoleon. He was short, and he was like, mm. I, like my, he was like what? He was like in the army or something. Like I never really thought about him, but now I've seen about him. I'm like, god damn, this is one of the most important people in European history. Like one of, he's up there with your like. Your biggest names in history, Hitler, ever, Hitler, Hitler. as a name like Hitler. Jesus, you know, Napoleon is in the top ten <laughs> historical Jesus. figures of all time. Do you know what I mean? He's in no, he's in the top ten historical figures of all time. He's I bigger than if, Churchill. I don't know if he is in the top ten. He is for he sure. Is. Really? He is. He is for sure. Right. Maybe Jesus, Muhammad, Hitler, this, John these Lennon. Are not, this isn't. John Lennon. <laughs> Napoleon's bigger than John Lennon. <laughs> Obama. Obama, no, yeah. No, not Obama. More people have heard of Obama Gordon right Brown. now than Napoleon. More people have heard really of Gordon Brown than they've heard of Obama. <laughs> that doesn't mean in history there's a bigger yeah, figure. Right. Like, Napoleon's like, massive. I d- he's not bigger than Jesus. He's not bigger than Muhammad. He's not bigger than... Sir Isaac Newton. He is. He's, he's bigger than Sir Isaac Newton. He might be actually. He's definitely not bigger than Hitler. He's definitely not bigger than. Hitler. But is that recency bias? No, everyone's people will be talking about Hitler in a thousand years. Hundred percent. People, people talking about people will be talking about Napoleon in a thousand years. We're still we're still talking about Alexander the Great thousands of years later, and we'll still be talking mm. about Napoleon thousands of but, years. Right? Later. Yeah. Plato, Aristotle, they're bigger than Napoleon. Hundred percent. I don't know. Julius Caesar, he's bigger. See, he's getting not. He's. I'd say he's top twenty. I wouldn't say top ten. Well, he's top one, mate. He's the fucking goat. He's not. I need a drink, and then I'm going to come back and spank your ass. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah, big fan of Napoleon. Right. So I don't have a middle bit. I mean, we could do the death toll thing right now, but I, I think it might be a bit more. I'm, I'm just feeling like. I, can just I feel like let's just, in. Let's just come up. in, yeah. Let's yeah. dictator this podcast and just do whatever the fuck we want. I like that. Therefore, I, Mork, <laughs> crown myself the greatest dictator of all time. Right. <laughs> Everyone stop your record. <laughs> or I'll go to war with you. Right. Sabak, are you in the room? No pressure. Wow. I want to say, and I'm really annoyed because I knew Vinny was like, I, Vinny was like, do you know who you pitch? Do you know who you pitch? Do you know who you pitch? And I was like, no, not yet, not yet. And then he just blurted out, don't be Napoleon. And I was like, you fucking bastard, because oh. I already knew that Mork was going to pick Napoleon. I I wanted to be like, you don't have to say, because I just knew. I knew. How did you know? The kind of person. 
because it's just I knew the kind of person you'd pick when you th- go the you dictators right we're obviously we're not going to pick Hitler or fucking <laughs> Stalin we're obviously not going to do that we're not going to pick we either go that's all the words Kim Jong as a laugh right or <laughs> you think about these like great military leaders who's your eye going to be brought to it's obviously Napoleon and he's got a film out of the po- at the moment yeah it was obvious. Shit, apparently. people really? idolize power they idolize powerful not very historically men accurate. No, it's not. Yeah. Apparently, he cries a lot, and it makes Napoleon look like a little bitch. Oh, historians hate it. And then Ridley Scott said something like, "He said like get over it or something." In his response to he was like, he was like, it. someone said the French hate it, and then the, he said the French hate everything, including themselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm then some other journalist, <laughs> some other journalist asked about it, and he said, "Were you there? No. Well, fuck off then." <laughs> Which again, I just think's a bit like oh, yeah. Come on. Anyway, look, let me get back to my point. People idolise power. They idolise powerful men. They idolise people who will sacrifice anything to win and seize power. And everyone gets a right war boner about Napoleon and even Hitler. Like, Hitler fucking, he he saw what he wanted, he took it. And, like, there's a little bit of people... I'm just going to say I don't don't agree with that statement. (laughs) Yeah, I don't idolise Hitler. Right, maybe, not idolise, but people are fascinated by it. People are... He's interesting, yeah. I think people, and I don't, I don't think idolise, but people are... People are fascinated with these guys that can do that much stuff. These yeah. big people who influence a lot of history. Yeah, yeah. highly like, influential How can you invade who... all these places? Like We can't really comprehend it. It's mad. Exactly. Like, Hitler just goes, like, I want a bit of Poland. I'm going to fucking have it. That's it. You know? Yeah. People find the, and I do think like even even with Hitler, people often separate the kind of war bit from the really dark Holocaust bit because they enjoy talking about how he marched into Paris in two days. Mm. People were fucking obsessed with that, Blitzkrieg. and it was like, this military contest, this military conquest. Mm. Anyway, look, but that image we have of a dictator is not the origin of the term dictator it's not actually what dictator means and it's not actually what it meant when it was first created Mm. a dictator did not start as a vicious autocratic leader who seized power through force and then held onto it through violence and brainwashing the term dictator came to me is the term dictator simply means someone who rules over a nation with absolute power that's all that's what it's became it was someone that's what it started out as it's someone who ruled with absolute power mm-hmm. and this was coined in as i'm sure you're all aware ancient rome the romans they they coined the term dictator and you'll forgive me for paraphrasing because it's a subject that thousands of people have de- have dedicated millions of hours to understanding I'm a simple man. I shall put it simply. A dictator was someone who was chosen by the Roman consuls to take absolute control over the empire in a time of crisis. And actually what's really interesting is that is how a lot of dictators come to power even now. You know, Napoleon came to power in a time of crisis during mm. the revolution. Hitler but came wasn't to appointed power in a time of crisis. Well, he sort of appointed himself, but again, that was only made possible because of the crisis. I'd say Hitler was probably more uh, of an obvious example. He was democratically elected in a time of crisis. Yeah, well, he's and the then, chancellor. Bully. He was 
elected as a chancellor and then kind of yeah bullied his way to the well he also bullied his way to chancellor but yeah carry yeah on. yeah he did a lot again of but this is like it's, it's a common thread of people they get themselves there relatively soundly and then they hold on to the power through more vicious yeah moves. like Ro- robert mugabe robert mugabe was elected mugabe. democratically as like we want you to lead this new country and then he was like right i've got all this power Hmm. And then... now I'm going to rig every election so I keep yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 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 And the idea of this before it became that, the idea of just having this one person to have absolute power was that in a time of crisis, you don't need the slow turning, the constant bickering cogs of democracy. You need someone with absolute will who can just everyone backs them. We all pull in the same direction and we do what we need to do to get out of this crisis. I think a good example of this, even though he wasn't a dictator, would be Churchill for for England during the war, for Great Britain during the war. You can say what you want. I know there's a lot of debate about his legacy, what kind of man he was. Mm. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he said and believed that wasn't good. But he was the perfect person to get England through that war. He was great for England. He was tough. He was great for 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 Britain. (laughs) <laughs> not for the, no not at all it's a terrible guy but he was tough yeah. he was charismatic and he he knew he was right with absolute certainty and that is what we needed in that moment and the same thing goes for this idea of a dictator they picked someone who they were like it's a steady pair of hands we trust that what they say will be the right thing for rome and we cannot have the squabbling of the Senate and the consoles to hold us back in this time of crisis. We just need to, we need action. Mm. And obviously you're all thinking, oh, there's only one famous Roman ruler, the only famous dictator ever, Julius Caesar. Mm. He was the ultimate elected populist who consolidated his power to become an absolute ruler, right up until he declared himself dictator perpetuo, or dictator forever, right before he was killed by his own senate and replaced. Mm. Uh, so I didn't pick him because that didn't go very well. You know, the moment he became officially a dictator for life, which is our modern interpretation of a dictator, he was fucked. I'm so <laughs> sad so, you didn't pick him, but carry on. Really? Yeah, I was, I was like, oh my god, Napoleon versus Julius Caesar. Now this is what I want to sink my teeth into. But now it's going to be like Napoleon versus fucking some or like Augustus or something like. I don't fucking care about Augustus. Caesar. No, not Augustus. <laughs> Um, no, not Augustus. Not Augustus. Uh, and I do. I like. I like Caesar, but I would argue that a lot of the change he created was not actually when he reached his pinnacle of being in absolute power. He actually got there quite cleverly by making a lot of populist decisions that benefited people in the moment. And then when he got there, he was like, "I'm not fucking letting go." Mm. And then he got killed. I thought. I thought he rose to power by just being good at. Like, like Napoleon, just being good at war and winning a lot of wars. And so people were like, oh, this guy's great. We love this guy. He's winning a lot of wars. He did win a lot of wars. I could be wrong. I listened to it a long time ago. I listened to like a three-part documentary on like everything you need to know about the death of Caesar. And I believe he also did some of the more classic modern timesy things of just being like, let's cut all the tax and like give out money. Like just like the stuff that like whips a public into a frenzy so that when you start saying things like I'm going to be dictator perpetuo people are more people are like well it's free money for life right. yeah, yeah well what fine. could go wrong yeah. you know it's amazing how like just being good at war can get you so far in life oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah it's, it's well, how you it's used interesting to win over you say the that answers, yeah 
it's really funny because I'm really arguing about like people not needing to be good at war, but the guy I picked is fucking sick at war. That was his whole thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so his name was Quintus Fabius Verosius. No, Quintus. Oh yeah, hang on. Quintus Fabius <laughs> Someone you Maximus Verosius. I just need to double check because I don't want to be saying his name wrong. <laughs> wow, what's the name? Quintus Fabius Maximus Verosius? Yes. So anyway, look. It's Quint- We're just going to call him Fabius. That's what everyone calls him. It's a fucking okay. big name. Okay. Fabulous. Fabius or Fabius the Delayer. Father of Fabian strategy. A strategy that is still used to this day. Who is he? Well, it's Roman history bit shabby around the edges we don't know that much about him in his early life (laughs) he was born in 280 bc he was described as a bit meek a bit timid he was slow in his speech um didn't like to join in sports with his fellow youths um but he actually turned out to be a bit of an ugly duckling when he was a kid his nickname was 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 wart because he had a wart on his face. His own family, his third name, his Roman third name, Ugh. was like the equivalent of like Warty. Because everyone had the same name, and he was the one with the wart, so they just called him like the Warty one. I was going to say... I was going to say, you haven't um, um, painted this guy in glory just yet. Wow. Because... Bit ugly. He was called Wart. Bit ugly. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He turned out to be a bit of an ugly duckling, because as he got older... His slow speech, his quiet manner, his reserved demeanour stopped being this sign of weakness and became a sign of intelligence, of forethought. He thought before he spoke. Not someone Michael would idolise. And Ah. eventually, razzed, mate. (laughs) Not true. Bam. He was eventually given the very prestigious job of censor, a.k.a. the bloke who dealt with the census, one of Rome's crowning achievements. Go around... How old are you? Where do you live? What oh, do you yeah, do? Oh, yeah, fucking mm, that big thing. brilliant. It's good, though. No one cares. <laughs> I love a census. Everyone loves a I census. I love a census. Like one of the founding parts of our society. Census is super important. Yeah, very important. What the fuck are you chatting? I just, get, I just ignore it when it comes in. Great. <laughs> good <laughs> stuff. way of the government tracking you and shit, innit? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Exactly. Right. Anyway, look, there was a crisis, and that crisis was Hannibal, the great Carthaginian Carthaginian general. No, that's where that name comes from. He's called Hannibal. He's a basically he was a military master. Look, you not heard of Hannibal? Hannibal Buress? No, no. Oh, crazy! He's like he's like yeah, he fucking nuts. Nuts. He's like. He's literally like the roughest, nuttiest military mastermind there ever has been. And the Romans just couldn't fucking wrap their head around him. He was like the basically one what guy happened was, who gave the Romans a lot of trouble. Mm. Yes. And basically what happened was Hannibal, the Romans, had got where they got because they had the most well-disciplined, tough and vicious armies, the toughest soldiers in Europe. Mm. And Hannibal turned up and his blokes were rougher and tougher and more fucking well-disciplined. And the Romans just kept getting into scraps and they kept losing. And the Carthaginians would go, let's have a fucking scrap. And the Romans would say, all right, then let's fucking go. And they'd go charging in and they just get slaughtered every time. 
And Fabius is now part of like the Senate. He's climbed his way up the greasy pole. And every time he's like at the back going like, no, 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 lads, stop running in. Let the ball come to you. Hit him on the counter. <laughs> he's like military Jose. First priority, don't get dicked. And then dick him when you have the chance. Mm. But just don't get dicked. First step, don't get dicked. And everyone's like, mate, you're such a fucking pussy. Like, we, it's our thing. We're Romans. We run in, we fuck him up. And he's like, yeah, but it's not working, is it? And everyone's like, oh, fuck you, mate. But eventually, it keeps going. And they literally, they just keep losing. And Hannibal's taking more and more ground. And he's, like, becoming, like, this this figure that looks like he's going to, like, topple Rome. Oh, and they're getting like, what if he actually it. gets to Rome? <laughs> it's going to be fucking terrifying. Yeah. You should look into Hannibal and Walk. I think you'd, I think you'd find him interesting. You'd, yeah, you'd love him. Um, but what happens in a crisis? Hitler. They need a dictator. But an elected dictator. They Hitler. they pick someone to have absolute rule in this moment of crisis. This brings us and to who do they 1930s pick? Germany. <laughs> Weimar Republic are not doing well. It was always going to happen. It was always going to happen this episode with Seb. I'm not picking Hitler. <laughs> I would be so happy if you... I'll know we're halfway through. I picked Hitler, by the way. I don't know what I'm talking about, Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Like you sorry. with um, sorry. fucking Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys still thought I'd pick Joe Rogan by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right. Well, back to Roman Hitler, but without the juice stuff. Okay, okay. Um, look, so they're in a crisis. Mm-hmm. They, the Senate decide we need a dictator, someone to take control of the situation, rule with absolute certainty, absolute power. Who do they pick? Oh, fucking Fabius. He's been saying, don't go charging him. Maybe we give him a shot. And Fabius, he's a fucking genius. Now, he does get a bit of a, he gets a, there's a thorn in his side, which his second in command, even though he, everyone has to do what he says, if he says it, it has to happen, he still has like people around him, and his second in command is this guy called Minicius, like your fucking Minicius ligament, and he's such a fucking knob, he's like the exact opposite, they were, they were political rivals, it's like good cop, bad cop, fucking... Fabius is like the old guy. He's like one week off retirement. He just wants to fucking see everything through. And then Minicius is like, man, I just want to crack this case running, guns blazing, be fucking sick. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Anyway, Fabius, he does some really clever things. So the first thing he does is he's like, right, what the Roman people need is a legitimate dictator, someone who is absolutely in charge. I have absolute power. I am authority incarnate. Mm-hmm. So he gets all of the other leaders to come to him and they all have like these like bands of men who like go around with him, their little personal bodyguards. And he's like, right, in front of me, tell your personal bodyguards to leave. You are just men now. You don't have your personal bodyguard. You don't have anything. You are my subordinates. So they all go. And then he takes those men and puts them in his own bodyguard. So he's like, I am in charge. You're <laughs> fucked. Don't fuck with me. Sneaky, I like it. And the next problem he has is that there's this, he's like, right, look. There's this rumour going around that the gods are fuming because we keep losing all these fights. And so he makes this big public thing and he's like, look, I've consulted some oracles and it turns out the gods are fuming. They really are annoyed. Mm. But good news, we can appease them. And he comes up with these quite difficult things. They're not easy, but it's like give one third of your cattle to the to to the temple give a third of your money it's all this stuff about threes it's like all really symbolic and he's like but if we do that 
the gods are going to be back on our side. And that sounds like weird because it's like you're making them jump through hoops. But actually, the Roman people suddenly believed, well, we can get the gods back on our side. Mm. And so the morale of Rome and the Roman army and the Roman people is boosted because they believe that the gods are back on their side. And that is really, really clever because he's using like... he He's, he's picking specific problems and dealing with them but obviously the real big problem is hannibal now obviously Vinny, you already know about hannibal he's a really vicious fucker and fabius finally has his chance to conduct his genius his fabian strategy aka part the bus and what he works out is that hannibal <laughs> despite being on the offensive he's actually at a disadvantage because he has to take land and resources as he goes. He, he doesn't have it on him. It's, he's not in his own back garden. He has to try and take land and crops and cattle as he's going. Mm. So Fabius is like, right, what about if we just let him burn himself out? Right? So he tells all of his public, get inside the nearest walled city. Take everything you can with you. And what you can't carry, kill and burn. So if you've got cattle, crops, kids. anything, just kids, kill it and burn it. <laughs> Don't leave anything behind. Don't leave him anything that he can use. And that's this idea of scorched earth. It's like a scorched earth theory. Yeah. It's this idea of just like, if you can't have it, no one can. I, like the Russians did too, Napoleon. I was about to say, I, I, I thought you would talk about that. But yeah, that's what the Russians did to Napoleon. It's what the Russians yeah. then also did to Hitler. To Hitler, and, yeah. As everyone knows, it's winter to come. Don't invade Russia because they will burn the shit out of Russia, and you'll have nothing to invade. Well, <laughs> and no the winter—that's the problem as well. <laughs> yeah. they, the Russians can just like, well, we'll just wait till winter, and you guys all freeze to death. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What can you do against that? Not really much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it and it and it is really clever. And basically, then what he does, so then he leaves. Kind of, he basically just like cuts off the bit that Hannibal's in, gets everyone out of it burns everything that's in it and then just hannibal's on one side of a big mountain range and he just puts all his troops at the top of the mountain range and then just says wait don't go down don't engage with him Mm. just just let him run about because he can't do anything where he is he either has to go back to where he started go home or try and fight us uphill up mountains wasn't you you can't wasn't there like a big thing like a big part of hannibal's army and why they scared the shit out of the romans is he used war elephants which was like for the time i don't know everyone was like oh yeah yeah the romans are like what the fuck is that <laughs> war elephants that's war mad. elephants and that's why the romans were fucking it, it destroys like you know legionnaires left right and center but war ele- elephants aren't very good at climbing mountains so they were like let's just go well, on exactly. the mountains they can't get mm. they can't get us and it's like yeah they can't <laughs> and literally and that is fabian um fabian strategy what it is this idea he basically's like hannibal can't get into walled cities because he doesn't have siege stuff because he's fucking miles away from home mm. he can't get up the mountains because he's on fucking elephant back <laughs> so that's not happening so just let him burn himself out and if he tries to come at us we pick him off and it starts working it starts really working because basically Hannibal, he then starts to like panic because he doesn't want to lose all his men. So he starts sending up raiding parties to try and take stuff away from the Romans to try and get supplies. They're just getting killed because they're running uphill 
at mm. Roman legionnaires. It's not working out. And he starts to pick them off. But what fucking happens? Fucking Minicius sticks his head up. And he's like, right, guys. He goes back to Rome. And he starts spreading a rumour. He's like, Fabius is a pussy, mate. Fucking Hannibal's running about on our land. And we're not doing anything about it. We we need to go and we need to tackle him head on. And then people start getting more enraged because by the end of it, Hannibal's in quite a a vulnerable position because of Fabian's strategy. Mm. He's like worn him down to the point where, and they're like, we could probably take him. And Fabius is like, nope, just leave him. Just fucking leave him. Just make him go away. It's like having a wasp in the car. Mm. Just try and get it out because it's more of a problem than we can dedicate. Like, is it worth losing an army for or do we just make him go away? Yeah. And 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 and, and, and Minicius is back in like the Senate being like, he's a fucking pussy, mate. He's a fucking pussy. <laughs> what does fucking Fabius do? What does he do? Fabius is a genius. He goes, all right, then you can have half the army. I'll have my half and I'm going to stick up in the mountains and you do what you want with your half of the army. What does Minicius do? He's like, all right, then, yeah, I'm going to be fucking Johnny Big Bollocks. And he thinks, well, now Fabius has worn Hannibal down. I'll go in, kill him, take all the credit. Mm. So he launches a classic battle. He literally says, 1v1, we rust. He says, Hannibal, you meet me over there. We'll just face off and have a big fight. And he's thinking, Hannibal's been sat here with no food or water for three fucking years or whatever. I'm going to wreck him. What happens? Hannibal fucking slaughters him <laughs> because it's the same problem. He's still Hannibal. It's still Hannibal's army. And Fabius is right. And what does Fabius do? He comes in and saves him. He saves the day. Hannibal is then pushed back. And because Fabius has shown himself to be a, a sound military leader, when he turns around and says, right, he's 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 retreated temporarily. We're not going to win this get back up in the fucking mountains, they actually do it. So they all go back up in the mountains. And then, and and Hannibal, he starts to look a bit shaky-like. He's like, fuck, I, d- I don't know if I've got this. So he starts to look like he might go back to where he is that I can't pronounce. Carthagin. Carthagin? Carthagin. Carthagin. Yeah. Carthagin, whatever. Carthinian. Carthinian. I'm pretty sure. And basically, at this point, everyone goes, look, it looks like Fabius is on something. So they start doing it his way. And Fabian, Fabius says, I'm handing him my notice. I'm not dictator anymore. He's like Nanny McPhee. He's like, my work here is done. I taught you the way to defeat this enemy. I've taught you my Fabian theory. I no longer want my absolute power. You don't have to do everything I say. He gives his power back. What's the first thing that happens? Two fucking generals turn up and they shout. They literally, Hannibal's like leaving and they're like, Oi, mate! Fucking 1v1 me! (laughs) And they fucking try and have a fight with him and they lose. Even though Hannibal's on the way out, they try and have another fight with him on the way out and lose again. And then, and they come back and they're like fucking tail between their legs and Fabius is like, and they're like, Fabius, give us your wisdom. And he leans in and he's like, Park the bus. This is football heritage. He's like, fucking park the bus. Just let them wear themselves out. Hit them on the counter. And Hannibal, once they actually fucking start doing that, again, the two new blokes are like, all right, we'll fucking do what he said. He's still, even not as dictator, implementing his genius military strategy. 
Hannibal then finally fucks off for good. And the closest thing that would topple the Roman Empire is seen off. Not by being reckless and Napoleon-like and charging in and waving your dick about, putting your own crown on your own head, but by being the epitome... (laughs) By being the epitome of a good dictator. He ruled with absolute conviction. He knew what was right. He knew exactly what he needed to do, and he did it. He held absolute power. He held with an iron fist. He told all his generals to disband their men. They're my men now. You're fucked. But then he did what was right. He defeated Hannibal, and then he took the crown off and gave it back. Well, he didn't defeat him. Well, he did. His his tactics defeated him. He just cowered into a little ball in a mountain until he go, go, went away. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it's the greatest dictator of all time is a bloke who didn't actually kick the shit out of anybody and told everyone to give free cows to the gods or something that don't even exist. <laughs> But but it was. <laughs> no, he took on, but he took on the most one of the most dangerous military minds in history mm. and defeated him through intelligence and through strategy. And Fabian's strategy is still used today. It's the exact strategy that the Vietnam the North Vietnamese used against the Americans. It's exactly that. It's the idea of yeah, effectively, it's holding. If you look up Fabian's strategy and the most like recent things, the Viet Cong are considered to have used fabian strategy this idea of it's your ground you pick your battles when you need them and allow the enemy to wear itself out you know think about fucking america napalming whole forests and chucking all their dicks about and then they just wait and wait and wait until they can just push them away let them burn themselves out because you have faith that you can just sit on your high ground and just watch them yeah and the american the Americans got fucked. Well, even even because yeah. like like we were saying, the Peninsula War that was guerrilla warfare. Yeah. I believe. If anything, and, he wouldn't get. Fucked. And Napoleon had a pretty terrible time there because it's guerrilla warfare, which is really, really, really difficult to fight against. Mm. And he yeah. was like, he was the first. Again, it's difficult because, like Mork said, like you can't say he's the first guy in history because warfare but but he was like the first guy in roman history to say what if we don't just meet in a big line and charge at each other yeah yeah. let's like let's just change something up just just wait it's called fabian strategy and it's genius i fucking love it interesting biding your time holding your high ground not being drawn in and hannibal would do crazy shit like he'd like really antagonize them and be like i'm gonna fucking burn this village down he'd be like all right Hannibal sounds down pretty there. cool, actually. You should have picked him. <laughs> well, he's not a dictator; he's a general. Yeah, he was never a lead. He didn't lead his country. Oh, he really? He was just a general. Okay. Yeah, was that the? Because I did the same thing when I first started hearing, hearing about this geezer. I was like, maybe I will just pick Hannibal. He sounds way cooler. But, yeah, uh, he wasn't the, sec- a, the wasn't second Punic, second Punic War. Mm. Yeah, I actually watched a vid- really good video on the Second Punic War quite recently, which is probably why I sort of knew bits and pieces like the the war elephants couldn't go up a mountain. That's why they just stayed in the mountains. Yeah. It's like, oh, what the right. fuck are they going to do with that? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Well, yeah. Quintus Fabius Maximus Verissius. The greatest dictator no of all time. Heard of or can pronounce their name versus... Well, I've heard of him. Napoleon. <laughs> I've heard of him. And Sebek just pronounced his name. I can't pronounce Napoleon. Napoleon? Vaporion? Napoleon? 
Napoleon Bonerhead. What? The British used to call him the Bony Man, and he didn't like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think so. That's funny. It's one of the greatest military minds in history versus Vaporian Boneface. <laughs> no, Napoleon is one of the greatest military minds in history. Uh, no, nah, he's just a savage. He's not a savage. He's not a savage. He's the yeah, opposite he's, of a savage. He's straight savage. You know what I'm saying? No, he like For made real. his men live off the land. He paid them well. He like created modern armies as they are now. Yeah, I the Grande Armee or whatever it was called is like one of the most feared and revered armies in history. The French army of the time is probably one of the greatest armies ever assembled. I so I will say the whole Fabian strategy thing. I think is fantastic. I I really like that. Um, the fact that like you i mean i i know for, i just know through like i through what i mean watching videos on the punic wars that hannibal was an absolute fucking shit up romans are like romans uh romans ass like they really were terrified of hannibal like hannibal was to europe what like you know hannibal was to rome what uh, genghis khan was to europe or napoleon right, was yeah. to europe yeah. kind of thing like he was fucking terrifying and they were like yep this this probably be the end of things until you just hide in the mountains. <laughs> it works. It absolutely works. A tree. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. I, I I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Um. Uh. But I mean, oh fuck. <laughs> the thing is, I love Napoleon so much, dude. <laughs> I think Napoleon's so sick. I just think this. He just kind of did everything. Like he not only was just such an incredible, brilliant tactician, and he won he 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 didn't get it from nepotism. He 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 earned it through yeah. just raw, just it, talent ambition. and and amb- ambition and just struggle. He earned it by himself for himself and became the fucking emperor of France. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's insane. the maddest thing. Is like. You know, like Caesar and Alexander the Great and all these people. Like Alexander the Great, they were saying he was like actually descended from like God himself or all of this yeah. stuff, you know. Like, it's like Napoleon is literally a little gremlin born on an island. Yeah, yeah. He's technically not even French. He's Corsican. <laughs> and he was just like, right, I'm the emperor yeah. now. Yeah, he was like barely French. He was like legally just about French at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking about... Speaking about Alexander the Great, there's actually a, uh, an interesting anecdote, which, I mean, you know, it's very, very old and, you know, who knows if the sources are lying or whatever, but there's there's this story that Julius Caesar, I think, went to Macedonia, where there was like a statue of uh, Alexander the Great, and he basically like bowed before him and like fell to his knees and started weeping and said, like, I could not accomplish a, a a fraction of what this man accomplished and mm. it's like julius fucking caesar said that about alexander the great that just shows how revered that man was like it's insane mm. what he did before he died at like 33 or something like yeah it, like the, the, there's literally there's like hundreds of cities named alexandria after alexander the great because yeah he, like, just true, took yeah. them over and was like yep you're now called alexandria now yeah That's madness. but yeah i mean i i, I loved i loved i love this whole fabian stuff Fabian, Fabian will be in my dreams. I'll be in the mountains with him, laughing at those war elephants. But I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to hand the greatest dictator of all time to Napoleon Bonaparte. 
Or, as I've just found out, they did. So the British people did call him Boney and Bogey and Bogeyman because it was when they were terrified that he was going to invade Britain. Yeah. That they spread all this... Um, oh, so he's the Bogeyman. He's the... He, yeah, they were calling him the Bogeyman. He's basically the devil and they because they were trying to get, like, British support to like fight back at him and they were actually just fucking basically terrified that he would invade britain and he nearly did but he's he's like every time anybody ever tries to invade britain the british navy just are too good especially at that time yeah yeah pretty much island nation in it like lord nelson stuff like that were kicking about then which also happened to Japan a couple times. I think the Koreans or something tried to invade Japan twice, and both times was during a massive storm, like a ty- ty- typhoon or something. And yeah, like, it right. just destroyed all their ships. And both, and because of that, the Japanese were like they incorporated incorporated that into their mythology, and they thought it was like their gods doing that mm. for them, being like, "This is like a sign that we are like God's chosen people because no one can conquer us." And it's because yeah, there's a lot of sea between them and. Uh, like mainland, like China or Korea. Trying to conquer island nations is difficult. It's why we've got such a good air force now. Like yeah, we're an tricky. island. We have yeah. to fly everywhere. Mm. We you have know? to fly. We have to sail. Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy with winning with Napoleon because, like I said, I didn't know fuck all about him until a few days ago, and now I absolutely love him. Like he's easily one of the most fascinating and like interesting historical figures I've ever. You're gonna read all his diaries. Into. He's got like all his diaries are published, aren't they? You can read them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, I want to ingest as much Napoleon as possible. It's just a shame that apparently, yeah, the Ridley Scott movie turns him into like a little bitch where like he's all high and mighty, and then he goes back to his wife and he's like crying, like. Oh. <laughs> and um, yeah, people are pretty pissed off about that film, and the uh, the battles aren't very historically accurate either, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like uh, I was really hyped for that film as well, and now you've just completely ruined it for me <laughs> it's, it's only got like a six it's got a six point something on imdb and really critics aren't, critics aren't wild about it and there's just loads of shit that's made i don't mind making stuff up but like he was just like firing cannons at like the pyramids for like no reason and stuff oh yeah there's a, there was a rumor wasn't there he blew the nose it's been the, a rumor for a long the time sp- the sphinx right he blew the nose off the Sphinx and he blew the top off the big pyramid. He did it's not though. true. It, no, it's not true. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah, it's not true. So yeah, it was like a rumor. But yeah, stuff like that. People were just like, oh, yeah. Apparently the movie's not very good, but apparently there are some other good Napoleonic movies out there. Okay. There was a good three-part series from 2002 or something. I don't know. But yeah, big fan. Of, I love Napoleon now. He's a fucking warmongering Fair. madman. It's a difficult challenge to beat napoleon but i do think fabian theory is very interesting fabian's yeah. actually no, yeah, it was, it's it, very interesting and, uh, good pick he was a really interesting guy and i like the idea of like you know he held absolute power and he just gave it back he was just like i don't need he it stopped anymore hannibal fucking stopped hannibal stopped man. hannibal Who the fuck stopped hannibal, but he didn't man. have the balls he didn't have balls as big as napoleon though really let's be honest probably wasn't well, he did in his own way the but the, the 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 putting the crown on his own head <laughs> thing, in funny. front of the pope <laughs> He invited the Pope to Notre Dame and was like, <laughs> I'm going to do it myself. Oh, hell, the Emperor. I, I think it's <laughs> but then so that's, yeah. that's arrogant. Yeah. Whereas I think yeah. just just holding yourself and like holding your nerve while the whole Senate calls you a pussy, oh. but you know that you're in the right. Oh, so nice and to you, be nice, isn't it? Oh, well, he wasn't nice. I mean, he, was a very, he was a very like vicious, vicious military leader. He just knew... When to like hold and when to go? Yeah, true, mm. true. There we go. That was an interesting one because that, like, like we were saying when we write down goat dictators, like, oh shit, is it just going to be like fucking Seb talking about Hitler for three hours? But I feel like it was a very well informed conversation. 
I literally, me and Luce were talking about it, and I was like, um, I was like, I'm thinking about doing Gaddafi, and she just went, no, nope, don't do Gaddafi. <laughs> <laughs> Can't Gaddafi, do Gaddafi. Why? <laughs> <laughs> just, he got a lot done. They he cut his head off. Yeah, exactly. But he was very liberal for his time. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, anyway. He was a socialist. But yeah, I think we should end the show, wrap it all up. That's right. yeah, that no. was Go Dictator. Thanks so much for watching, uh, all three of you that have uh, stuck around this long. Um, like I said before, five-star review would be fantastic. Instagram at the underscore goats underscore pod. We also have a Patreon. And without further ado, I love you, bye. Peace. Love you, bye. you got to say love I you, bye. revolution. Oh, love you, bye. Sorry. Better. What's happened Better. to me? Thin ice. Thin ice. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.